Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. It's a big old wedge, isn't it? It's probably the thing that I would spend my last dollar on. Because it's how you make the more dollars to get. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, God, I never really think about that. I suppose like, la- last dollar would be on rice. And then like really? second last dollar, just something to eat while you're using a laptop. But what if you buy the rice and don't have a laptop? So that's if you had 1000 and three pounds <laughs> fifty. so here's a question if you had let's say you've got a grand mm-hmm. right you can either buy you can either like go to tesco and get like a lenovo thinkpad right for say 400 quid and then you've got 600 quid wiggle room right <laughs> okay. you got 600 quid wiggle room where like you could go buy something else but like it feels like oh well, i've got my computer and some money to spare or would you get a mac can you get a Mac for a grand? You probably can, thank you. Just about. What? So the question is, would I get a, a Lenovo ThinkPad mm-hmm. or a Mac? With some money to spare, or would you spend all of the money on a Mac? If that was all the money I had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd still get the Mac. Because it, <laughs> it just makes me want to like, be sick and poo hard. At the same time. At the same time, the thought mm. of having to use a Lenovo plaid machine. It might even end up costing you money, I think. Having a, I think a Lenovo could be a liability. So something something we tweeted the other day was uh, the computer is oh, the bi- power life. Right, yep. sorry. What's happened? Fine. No, 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 nothing. I was just going to plug my <laughs> plug this in. Ah, fine. Put the, put the Yeti in. So yeah. while Johnny's doing that, we, um, we tweeted something called a quote from Steve Jobs, which is the computer is the bicycle of the mind. And it was, it was basically looking at like, if you look across the, um, the natural world, what moves the fastest and humans are pretty crap in terms of being fast. Like obviously they get way outpaced by zebras and cheetahs. And what's that face for Johnny? So, so I didn't hear any of that. <laughs> that that's okay. <laughs> so I'm I had, saying this for the purpose of the audience. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I thought about like when I when the audio resumes, I could go like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. and just <laughs> oh, completely, completely, Yusuf. That's I couldn't agree more. So honestly, is the best policy. Well, uh, as, as a as an aside to that, um, if you learn three phrases in Arabic, you can have a conversation with any. Arab in the world, because if you learn inshallah, alhamdulillah, and mashallah, you can just, it's almost like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, of course. It's because one, one means, if, one means if God wills it, the other is, ah, oh, God has willed it. And the third one is praise be to God. So they're all like very stock, stock, stock phrases. phrases that you can just, yeah. 
it's like um have you heard of the axis of awesome possibly not yeah is he a blog it's a i think it's a youtube channel but it's it's basically this idea that like i think they give you four chords to play on a guitar and with those four chords you can play like 90 percent of popular songs but like if you if you play those chords oh yeah and he does like a medley yeah sings the popular song over the top it's like oh oh and that one as well oh it works so it's like so arabic and playing the guitar as a result of, of those com- that comparison are exactly the and same. You're very versatile. Well, I, so I know a Pakistani guy doesn't speak any Arabic who just manages to have full fledged conversations with Arabs at the mosque because just Pro. has those phrases. It's about just picking up the, the kind of musicality in what they're saying and as to which phrase is the relevant one. I'm sure. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> it's like, this must be like some going, Croissant. Croy- croissant. 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 <laughs> so j- just before we proceed, is your input Yeti an output headphone? Microphone, Yeti, speaker, system. Wonderful. System or external headphone? It's coming from here. It's coming from here. Is this coming from here? Yeah. Wonderful. That can be something that people can take away is like when you're trying to record using Zoom and you have an external mic, how do you test that it's coming from through your external mic? That's exactly what you have to do. Oh, it's it's so important because like we have definitely done full episodes before where it's not been recording or the wrong audio output. <laughs> I, or the or the output's not turned on. Oh, they that's instantly, terrible. Sorry, it's not turned on. Like I've I've done modules, forty five minute modules where there's just no audio and you there's a moment where you think like i can salvage this somehow and then you remember that like there's no way to salvage it because there is no audio that's it it didn't even pick anything up Um, (laughs) so i i blew mike's mind the other day when i told him about those clapper things you know at the start of a video where they go take three and i I just mentioned like oh because obviously when they're syncing the audio in the video and he was like oh my god yeah (laughs) It is one of those things that I think you would never think of. You just think, oh, it's just a, it's just a thing that people do at the start of recording something for some reason, but I'm not really sure why. But on that board has got like the, the scene rep, like the reference of the, what's about to be recorded for easy, easy like reference filing and using it. And then that's to sync the audio and the video. Well, that's it. He, he said a very millennial thing as well, which was like, oh, but it'll all just be on the hard disk. So why do you need to write it on the on thing? The hard like, disk. Yeah. Like, <laughs> This is on the the age of film roles. So what I was saying before was that Steve Jobs talks about this great uh, experiment where they were looking at how who's the fast what's the fastest thing on on earth and humans got absolutely whipped by zebras and cheetahs and lions and everything in terms of speed mm. especially over the long distance. But the thing that won over the long distance was a human on a bicycle. and so he's saying like what we do is we create a tool and then we leverage that tool to gain a massive advantage over the rest of the animal world just because we've got it's just longevity yeah and so the computer is the bicycle of the mind and that's why i am such a big fan of optimizing your mac productivity because it's the base layer it's like if you don't have that everything above that is 
So this is back to the question of would you get a Lenovo or a Mac? Mac. That's what this is all coming about, Mac. So how long do you think it would take you if you had, so assume propane didn't exist and you couldn't just cheat. How long do you think it would take you if someone's, you're dropped into the desert, you're naked, you've got a Wi-Fi connection and you've got a Mac, no money. How long do you think it would take you to earn money? So I think there's two important questions there. One is how long would it take to earn money, to earn a return on your Mac? Mm-hmm. And secondly, how much longer would it take you with a Lenovo <laughs> ThinkPad? <laughs> so probably the, 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 you would probably spend, this is the, the analogy of like, if someone asked me to chop down a tree, I'd spend the first four hours sharpening my axe. Nice. You would spend the first day setting up Alfred and setting up all of your well, stuff. Yeah, but because by the, time you've, by the time you've made a grant with your Mac, you'll mm. just you'll still be waiting for the lenovo to start up and yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> honestly it'll, hang. it'll stall on something oh, and they have the blue screen because so i use it i used a lenovo while i was and working as an accountant and like the thing that you don't realize as a mac owner is that macs don't stall and the pcs stall all the time like these, these were these were reasonably expensive laptops. Like this, is, it's a big accountancy firm. They'd invested a lot in these in this in this hardware. But like, you would go to open a window, and it would just blue screen. And you're like, straight away, if you if you would like remove that drag on someone's productivity in a day of just like when you pressed on a on an application, it opened and performed as expected. It doesn't even have to do anything special. It's just like when I try to use Excel. Does Excel open? It's Excel as well. Like the thing you need to remember is you're using, you're an accountant, like you're using software that should not be that resource intensive. You're not, you're not like a, you're not encoding uh, 20K videos for Blue Planet. Like. It's so annoying. Like, and obviously I'm aware, I'm like painfully aware of this every day using nhs computers yeah where the the whole yeah exactly as you said the number of man hours lost from just the hours and hours lost from waiting for a computer to do something makes me want to be sick (laughs) (laughs) the worst thing about it is and again if you use a pc you'll you may not be aware of this if you've not it's, if someone who's used a PC and a Mac, they'll know what I'm talking about. So if you're using a PC, you go to do something and it hangs or it stalls, straight away, that's like someone saying, it's all right to procrastinate now. Yeah. Like you can't do anything about it. You've pressed the button. You've asked the computer to perform the action you want it to do. You can't make it go quicker. So you naturally just gravitate to pick up your phone. So it has a twofold, there's two angles that it, that it knacks your productivity. <laughs> so it drops you out. Like you can't be in flow when the, the, the laptop keeps hanging. So it worsens the human element as well as the technical element. Yep. It's just a yep. mess. Absolutely like I used terrible. to get home in the evening. So like this Lenovo would struggle to, you know, perform very basic functions. You get home, open your Mac. And like while you're exporting a several gigabyte video, you're also replying to people, switching between windows, uploading something else. You know, <laughs> and the just Mac's like, just oh. like, it's not even making a noise. You know? <laughs> What, what, meanwhile, and Lobo's going like, yeah, try it, but I really hope that one person listening to this podcast is just throwing their Lenovo out the window now and buying a Mac, ordering yep. a Mac. Yeah, it really does level things up. 
goodness me. So, so you haven't answered the question. Oh, how long? Mm. What would you do? That's a good question. So I think you'd run into problems of like, there'd be something you'd need in the in setting up the payments where it would probably cost money. So you, you could set up a Stripe account for free and you only pay when people, you mm. only pay as a fee of link the... To a bank account. So we have to assume you've got a bank account. You've got a bank account. You've got a business bank account or some way of collecting the money. Okay. You'd probably just go onto the propane business program, wouldn't you, and just follow that? Just just follow know. the... I'd, I'd go through the full 12 weeks of the propane business program. I'd make my money back within the first three weeks because that's the way it's designed. <laughs> <laughs> and like, this is excellent. Who's made this? And then the, the, the weird moment where like, you see yourself in the video like, and you oh. think, like, have I died? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> this... but, it, but I wouldn't mind because I've made a scaled, leveraged business that's, by yeah. that point, it would just be And fine. you've got a Mac as well. Oh. And you think you buy clothes, food. You'd be able to buy the rice, as much rice as you wanted. <laughs> that's true. As buy as a man of rice food. and he can fish forever. So... We have some questions from Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) We just answer people's questions. I bought a stool that's got an instability feature in it from Ikea. Okay. (laughs) So like, you can see me sort of like, is that what you're on now? Yeah. 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 Can you Um, bring it up to the camera? Uh, yeah, I suppose so. Uh, well, so it's deliberately unstable. Yeah, so it, so like what it's designed for faulty. is standing, standing desks. It's designed for a standing desk. So you can, you raise it and then it tilts. So you, you can be sat like that, legs. So you're, you're like a oblique. Uh, okay, so, it, so it's not, yeah, oblique. So it's not, mm. um, it's not unstable deliberately it's just that it, it's mad. Well, no, it, it, so it's so one of the selling features of it is that it's like you know keeps your core tight and keeps your you know and all that sort of uh, stuff. okay and i'm just sort of sitting on it thinking like, i don't really feel like anything's activating frankly i'm just my posture is probably not as good right because i've seen a normal chair so you know what i've currently got in my amazon basket this is spooky Ooh. a saddle stool right do you know what they it looks like a bike seat but it's a stool Okay. And so it just allows you to kind of like similar not, thing. They're not the ones that do this. You know what Chris has that has like that. Similar, but there's no backrest. So it's just like a, like a T shape. Yeah. Just cause I was using one at work and I was like, this is lovely. Yeah. I mean, it, this is very comfortable. It's very comfortable, but it's, I don't think it's doing what they want it to do. Like is that maybe because like, you're so like stable fitness products, I suppose. <laughs> Maybe I, I think it's just because you're you're so stable that you're just like. Mm. I mean, I also have a very little torso, so like for my, you know, I don't really. It's actually quite hard for me to get any kind of flexion or extension. To be honest, it's just like a, a unit. Line. Yeah. So we we actually X-rayed Johnny in the propane labs and found out that he's only got one vertebra, <laughs> and that's why is that's why he deadlifts three twenty maximum deadlift three twelve point five three twelve. Oh, sorry. You'd think I'd be able to deadlift 412, though, if I just have a vertebra. That's true. Although I think grip is the... Grip's, grip's the new black. 
it's the new trendy thing for me. It's like, that's the thing that, that, that is the problem now is grip. And I always used to make fun of people who train their grip. <laughs> well, but rightly so. If, if you're training your grip to deadlift 140, yeah, then it's probably not the block, the blockage is it. It's probably not the, the issue. Yeah. Unless you've got one of the 16 pathologies of the elbow, then. <laughs> just so, before we continue, if you could yeah. just check the audio, if you could just say very quickly, I'm not the pheasant plucker, I'm the pheasant plucker's mate. I'm only plucking pheasant because the pheasant plucker's late. I'm not the pheasant plucker, I'm the pheasant plucker's mate. No! I'm the pheasant plucker, plucker, plucker. Because <laughs> the pheasant plucker's late. Because the pheasant plucker. Oh. Straight away, before we had a chance to do anything about it, it's, a, it's an explicit podcast. Didn't even have to do it in German. Damn. I know. Oh, we need yeah. to do the full version at some point. The thing is, so I don't know when this is going to be released, but if this has been released after um, Revive Stronger, then Pascal had it written down, and I think that removes the difficulty. Unfair advantage, yeah. But I realise, well, I mean, we've just witnessed it. Like, I've heard you say it loads of times, but you were put on the spot, you weren't expecting it, and you didn't have anything to read from. And so you said pleasant fucker. That's true. Whereas you've just been the pheasant plucker and as, well, no, you've been his mate. Yeah, I'm not. I think that's an important distinction. I'm not a pheasant plucker. But in this instance, I am plucking pheasants, but only because he's late. He's running late. And then once he, you're standing in for him, once he arrives, you'll be the off. one that's got you. That's not fucking pleasants, but plucking pheasants. <laughs> Anyway, questions. So, Paul McGurran asks, is the course provider in becoming a qualified PT important or is further learning? So it's a, di- it's a difficult question to ask that or to answer that because it was, I'm sure it was easy to ask. Difficult to answer because I think there's also too much emphasis on further learning. Yeah, I don't know whether you agree. Um, it's like, would you rather be stabbed or shot? <laughs> well, so so obviously, like your PT qualification is relevant from a <laughs> from a legal perspective, legal and insurance perspective. Um, and I think, frankly, like what you so the question, the, the, what to think about is, am I going to be using what I learn in the provision of my service? And what is relevant, like, is at, as learning to be a PT, as becoming a qualified PT, what, is, what am I going to keep with me and still use? And probably for most people, the answer is not that much, aside from, like, learning to not injure someone and deal with specific situations. And I guess learning the basics of technique and things like that. But a lot of people, their sort of method that they use as a PT or their, sort of their ability to create programs comes from the learning that happens outside of that qualification. Yeah. So, uh, wisdom is knowledge times experience, isn't it? And so, um, yeah, to have the, uh, and I, I can say this having done the sports massage active IQ level three qualification, and it was a joke. It, it is, it, unfortunately, these kind of qualifications are the utility I see in them are to practice legally and safely. Mm and maybe not even safely, just legally to like, to be able to get. So that's it. Yeah. It's so that you can get 
indemnity insurance because you've got the qualification. There has to be some kind of regulation in the industry if you're dealing with someone in person. That's but yeah. You did, you did that qualification as basically an undercover doctor, didn't you? Well, yeah, yeah. I did it as an undercover doctor, so I suppose <laughs> like I'm I'm going to see it as a joke. But um, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> but I, I I think these qualifications do not like, and the content within them do not give you any competitive advantage as a PT. Mm. And I would also argue they don't give you any advantage in giving your client a better experience either. So yeah. my friend Julian did a, uh, <clears throat> did a PT qualification recently just for the, for giggles. The and he said like some of the, the questions that we're asking him was like when performing a, Swiss ball sit up, what position should the tongue be in the mouth? And like, which of these branded um, fixed barbells, like which color is the one to use for, and it's like, it's, it's clearly these qualification uh, bodies, are, they're, they're just businesses and they're just mm. aiming to, to make their, to make their cash from pumping out lots of new PTs. They don't really have an aligned interest. There's no fixed agenda or there's no aligned agenda or incentive for the PTs who they're producing to become profitable and successful because once they've qualified, they're out the door. Yeah. But I think the, the other side to that question is people can go too far with like professional development. So they can believe that the reason that they don't have the clients that they need is because they don't have the next like advanced certification. They haven't done a nutrition qualification. And they think that like, if they don't understand the finer points of sort of like, even, you know, how like disease relates to nutrition and things like that, then they won't get clients. So uh, at what point, like for any PTs watching, at what point have you ever been limited when you're dealing with a client by you've hit the limits of your understanding of leucine metabolism <laughs> or, you're 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 up, yeah. you're up against the limits of understanding how relative oxidation of carbs and fats um, affect mm. body composition in uh, the luteal phase of someone's period. Like these these things are just, and yet this is what PTs spend most of their time trying to trying to learn because it's comfortable, isn't it? It feels like you're you can justify it by saying like I'm honing my craft and I'm I'm developing my skill set. And you can, you can tick a box with it because once you've got the certification, you can say you've got the certification, you can put it on like your Instagram and your LinkedIn, right? And you feel better about yourself. What's like the, the, like the big elephant sat in the corner of the room that's just like staring at you is the fact that like until you're able to sell something to somebody, like especially online, this is what no one really thinks about when they're moving online. Like you are going to have to convince someone who you've never met before that something that you have on the internet is worth them putting their card information in and pressing buy now. That's the skill that is preventing most personal trainers from getting the client numbers and the revenue numbers they want. It's not because, as Yusuf says, it's some like finer point of, well, you know, the programs that I'm able to write for this person, like the the way I would do programming, it's just it's just not advanced enough for, for what this person needs. Like that's no one ever really runs into that problem. Oh, like I've, I've, I've not, I've not periodized um, tightly enough for Margaret to lose the extra five pounds 
when she's mm. training twice a week and just do it running around the park. Like uh, it's, so like, how long have you been training for yourself? F- 15 years now. So how advanced is your, is your periodization? I, I don't really periodize or it's, it's very intuitive. It's just like, <laughs> there you go. Yep. do you by any chance just try to lift a bit more sometimes, or, you know, do it, do a bit more than you did like last week or last month, generally speaking. So just overall, I just try to do a bit more, bit more bits in the gym than the last time. Yeah. And is it working all right for you? It's working great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then would you how complicated would you say your, your nutrition is? Ready meals three <laughs> to four times a day with chocolate and croissants in between. That nearly, that was nearly fully dead MacBook that. Just nearly lost all of my fizzy water over my this by the way this is very neat this is excellent absolutely excellent you probably wouldn't like it what's the <laughs> what's the flavor intensity of the water compared to lacroix it's more than lacroix so if, if lacroix is someone kind of next door shouting like if you imagine you're in your living room and there's something on the tv and your neighbor shouts in their living room like once, like, fuck, or like, lemon, like that's LaCroix. Like as you're drinking the water, that happens. This would be someone like speaking outside the door. Like, right. Can I come in? Can I come in? That sort of thing. <laughs> so it's, so they're, they're it's getting quite lemony, but it's unsweetened. And that's why it's a bit of a, it tastes like fizzy water with it. It's had a slice of lemon in it for a while, but it's very refreshing. And this is a, a big tangent from what we were talking about. Why, I apologize. why would I not like it specifically? I just don't think you would. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just... You know what? It would be interesting. Try, if you ever see one, try it, and you'll drink it and go like that. Fine. I'll, I'll, give, you a, I'll give you a rating out of 10 once, <laughs> once I've had some. I think it's um, to three. Okay. So the, the, other, the other aspect that you kind of touched on there is the massive limiting factor or the the bottleneck when you're coaching a client in anything. I think it doesn't apply to just fitness, just with anything. It is behavioral management. It's very rarely the underlying mechanics of the process. Mm. And so to I think if you're going to be doing any further reading at all, as Johnny says, the first order problem is marketing and sales because if you can't get clients in the first place there's no point learning about how to um well it's do anything frankly yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) um and the the people we work with like we we have we have to assume that it's a given that they're already that they're good at what they do because if you're not and you don't have a skill to share and you don't have a the capacity to get a result in your client then you shouldn't be uh, you, you know you should go away and do that first Mm. but then just to expand on that for a second you know chris is and you and i have spoken about this before but um for those of us who've heard us on modern wisdom chris interviewed a guy called contrepreneur mike winnett is that his name yeah so he like does a big expose on sort of the the make money online world um 
And I think like there's a lot of negativity, a lot of criticism around the make money online space. But I think really where it's failing and where I think some people some people assume online's the answer when it maybe isn't for them is as you just said, like just because you have a sales funnel, just because you have the ability to sell something to someone, there still has to be the underlying assumption that you have something that is a value to the person that you're, you're transacting with, right? Like you have to have a skill or an ability to help that person. Right. And so where I think the entrepreneur stuff's very damning of this world, like oh, Russell Brunson and Grant Cardone, or like, I don't want to tarp these people with that, with that brush, but like that that's, feels like that's the world he's going after. And I think someone who has quit their job and thinks I'm going to go and make money online when they don't have anything to make money online with really is a skill. That's a problem. Someone who's a personal trainer who has it has expertise as a coach who is limited by the fact like I'm I hate waking up at five in the morning or I just can't get enough clients in my local area. That is a different problem, and that's where online comes in as a way of distributing that expertise and that service. Yeah, exactly. And it, you, you're right. It's it's a it's a misunderstanding of fundamental economics. If you don't have a something of value to offer or something to sell. Yeah, you need that first. But yeah, the definition—that's the definition of a entrepreneur, which is someone who has not achieved the result that they're trying to promise for other people. Mm. Who would do that? Nasty people. Well, th- this this is it. This is why, like, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that are preying on PTs online in the kind of make money <clears throat> online sphere who haven't built an online fitness business themselves to speak of. And, you know, this is why like we are, we've at least gone and done that. (laughs) We've built (laughs) propane fitness to where it is. And all we're doing is sharing the systems that we've used Mm. to do that, to try and accelerate that process for PTs to come online. I saw a Facebook ad. I'm I'm not going to mention who it is. So people may have seen the same Facebook ad. It's a pretty well-known person in this industry offering help to personal trainers. And the ad copy was basically saying that um, you, if you charge like low tickets, so he was saying a hundred pounds a month or hundred like euros a month, or whatever is low ticket. Right. And if you do that, he went through two examples of like coach A and coach B and described coach A as, as getting stuck at seven grand a month and how that's this like, horrendous place to end oh, up terrible right and then he was saying but if you charge high ticket like if you charge like three five thousand pounds for your product then you can scale to whatever you want right and like you read it and you think like i i, I can understand why you would look at that and think oh yeah well charging three thousand is way more appealing than charging a hundred but it's just ignoring like <laughs> supply the supply well, and demand like, in of, the fitness industry of course it's better to to make 50 sales of three thousand pounds than it is to make yeah. 50 sales of hundred pounds, but I know. like, it's not just, a. have <laughs> I've never felt so close to commenting on an ad like that. Just ask, like, just asking questions. Yeah. Just like, have you thought about this? Maybe like this part of maths that you forgot to mention in your mathematical analysis <laughs> that makes the whole thing not work. But yeah, like I just, and I don't know. I don't know whether this person has done that himself, but if you were, if you were able to like in the model that he's describing like he was the fitness business model that he had the online fitness business model was infinitely scalable at three to five thousand pounds a month 
right? Or three, five, three to 5,000 pounds for a product. That's like to do anything else in your life apart from that and to even bother doing an ad for the thing that he's, whatever else he's selling, like there's just no benefit to it. Like I think every business has a, has a, a plateau and like you'll have service lines within the business that you reach scale problems, right? And the scale problems that we encounter are different to the scale problems of our clients and things like that. But what he's implying is that he ne- wouldn't, you would never encounter scale problems. Like you would be able to sell something of three grand to as many people as you possibly wanted infinitely just using this messenger script. And it's so, that, it just, uh, it very much feels like preying on people who don't know where to start, who think that sounds great, etc. So it, it just comes down to the, the metric that we advise that you use for everything. And um, I think when you learn sales, it's important to also learn a degree of sales resistance. Otherwise you're not thinking critically. You're not looking at what you're being told with some level of discernment. And that is, has this person achieved what they're claiming to help me with? And this should absolutely be your line as a PT, as what you're offering to your clients. You need to prove that either you've achieved that for yourself or, or you've achieved it for your clients and preferably both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, like I got asked the other day on a, someone applying to work with us inside of the business program um, about seven figures in turnover. Right. And I, I just said to them, I cannot help you to get to seven figures in turnover because I don't know how to do that myself. Like our fitness business is not doing seven figures in turnover. And I would say the vast minority of people are doing even, even six figures in turnover and, and beyond, right? Like the, the idea that people put out in these ads, that that is the bare minimum that someone should be at. Like if you aren't doing a couple of hundred grand in your first year, then it's a huge failure. Um, but that, that that's just a case of like this kind of pornographic level of um, outbidding each other with levels of shock. Like yeah. first it was five, make, make four figures online, make five figures. Oh, now it has to be, you have to make 19 figures to be even noticed <laughs> be successful. on your adverts. Well, like the guy, the guy saying, oh, you'd be stuck at seven grand a month, right? Like if you really, really think about that and like what, what seven grand a month is as a, as a fitness coach online, like for most coaches, that'll be more than they're earning offline significantly so with a lot more flexibility and it's also like there's quite a lot that goes into managing that operation it's not just this like oh how boring i'm stuck at seven grand a month what what woe is me what am i to do like that's still a reasonably big business like bigger than than some offline businesses that have to buy like inventory and stock and have staff and you're able to do that from wherever you want in the world well, the, this comes back to what you were reading the other day about, um, is it called Company of One, where yeah. designing a business that like that allows you to take home seven grand a month compared to a business that's turning over 30 grand a month, but requires so much more churn and so, mm. so much less take home pay. Mm. Like what, what's the purpose? Like most people go into business to improve their lifestyle, to improve their quality of life. Mm. And so it makes more sense actually to go with the, the former. Yeah. Like complexity rises with revenue, generally speaking. Like we've definitely seen complexity rise as the business has grown. And I think the reason we, like in pretty much every free training we do, I talk about this freedom point or the point at which online revenue is matching your sort of living costs to give you the option to move into it full time. 
it's kind of achievable for the vast majority of people. We're talking like 20 clients for most people, right? You don't have to, you don't have to be this celebrity, but I think for to set the bar at like, if I'm not making 10 grand a month, then I'm a failure. That's because you, you have to be the wokest empty house trillionaire <laughs> on the internet before you can class yourself as a success. And, um, you know, the, I was talking to someone the other day who is, was making, he was making 30 grand a month, but his costs were five to 10 grand compared to someone who he knows who's making 60, 70 grand a month, but his costs were like, 55 grand and you're like oh man it makes me makes my anus pucker that's yeah such a like it's not a tight margin but mm. the numbers are so large that if you have a if you have a swing or if like you 15 percent swing and then flopped. you yeah like and quite yeah. quite sharply as well yeah it's like, that's parachute cord snaps you're like oh no <laughs> it, this is Brief. why like if you're going to be doing something like and uh, you know something like drop shipping or something that's heavily ad intensive with very tight margins you've got to have a big cash buffer and you've got to have a very predictable funnel mm. and predictable ads otherwise like a data scientist basically <laughs> like seriously the people who are really succeeding with that sort of thing like they're split testing red buttons versus green buttons and like video placement left video placement right like it's a re- it's a science at that point you're a statistician <laughs> rather than a rather than a coach <laughs> but yeah we do things a bit simpler this is a huge tangent what was what even was the question the question was um what what pc qualification should i go for <laughs> and since then we've spoken about lemon fizzy water an ad on facebook churn, uh, statistician churn, uh, conversion yeah. rates uh, six figure drop shipping yeah. Seven figures, yeah. So, done it, done it all. So I think that's it. There's your answer. The, 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 what I was going to come Actually, back around to. Sorry, just one second. I've got I just an email from uh, from your boy Sam Evans this morning, uh, which just had a sentence in it, and I read it and I thought, that's mint, and it's related to this. So it's about a a a chair. That's done really well, like a, a really famous chair. Let me see. Might be the one Chris has. No, it's not. It's like an old chair. I think I've deleted the email. It's not very smooth, is it? Here we go. Recipe for scale. So there is a chair called the Ames chair, E A M E S, um, that looks like that. Oh, it looks nice. Yeah. I've seen so, that before. In fact, I think it's always in like adverts of people in like high rise. Like plush offices. Yeah. And stuff. So it's like, I, th- I think they're very well known. I don't know much about it. This is just, this is an email from Sam Evans. Um, but his, like the, the owner of the Ames chair has this recipe for business success. Like how do you scale something? And it's to provide the best product for the most people for the least price best for the most for the least and just that idea of like who is the person who's gonna like make a splash in a niche is it the person charging like as much as you possibly can for what is probably an average product or is it the person that makes something that's really good that's like 150 quid a month that when they join it they're like i cannot believe how good this is 
let me tell all my friends. Oh, you're going to get so much yeah. referral business that way. And, yeah. and, and, and stick rate, right? Like those people will stay with you for years rather than just feel the entire time. Like they were probably conned a little bit on the phone and all that sort of like nasty. The, and there's a lot of value to that because clients that have been with you for a long time, not only are they more rewarding to work with because you've seen them through the full phase of their journey, you get the continuity but also they're less work overall because they understand the system that they're, they're with you for the accountability and the, the ongoing process. Whereas having to onboard new one-on-one clients all the time, it's a pain. Well, so we, we tried the high, the high ticket stuff, right. For fitness and it a few it, years it, ago like, and it was, yeah, yeah, like you make, you do make a couple of sales doing it. It's a very unpleasant way to spend your day, like digging into pain and all this sort of stuff. But when a coach tells you to do it, you think, well, I've paid to work with this person. I should listen to them. But our, the thing that's most interesting is like people who pay us say 120 pounds a month or hundred pounds a month. There are several, lots of examples in our business where the lifetime value of the person paying that per month is way more, like in some cases, five times more what someone paid in one transaction on the, like the high ticket model. And it's just, it, that's like the reality of it right? Like when you actually look at the numbers of like, how do those two things compare? And it was all this stuff. When I saw this guy's post, I was like, oh, like he's just, just dressing up the numbers to look appealing, but the, the actual back end stats of it often look very, very different. So the, this is kind of what I was going to come back to with this guy's question of which PT qualification do I do? Or what do I do for further learning? Which is you're better off if you're going to dedicate time to learning stuff. And I always recommend that you do that. Um, spend some time learning about sales and marketing, like follow the propane business podcast, probably the best, easiest way to do that. Um, but also if you're going to be learning something to improve your coaching, which is not something that we teach because we have to assume that you're already a good coach by the time you work with us, but learn more about behavioral management, relationship building, those kind of things, because they're the thing that's going to determine your client's success more Mm -hmm. than learning about leucine. And yet all I see on Instagram from PTs is like getting fully in the weeds. Whereas actually managing someone's adherence and compliance to the program mm. is what's well, gonna... that's what we, we chatted about with men the other day, the other week, right? Like PTs make content to impress other PTs so that like their PT friends like their post and they ignore the rest of the world. That's not in this like weird little niche area of the fitness industry. I think for us, probably the, well, I can't, I'm not going to speak for you, but I think for me, the best learning experience to, to deliver coaching to people was being coached myself, like working with Eric for three years, I think, or something like that. We both yeah, that was very valuable. Like, and, and you know, genuinely like you get to the end of it and you're like, I feel like he's a, he's a friend. Like he's someone that, you know, you share a lot of personal things with over the years of working with them. And you realize that, like while Eric's got all these PhD, he's got a PhD and he's got all these qualifications in very relevant fields, not even once does that stuff become relevant in getting you the results that oh, you get. Oh, yeah, and I, exactly. And the lifetime value of us to him was huge, but he actually stopped coaching us because he's now making mad sales with his book. Mad um, bank. Mad bank, and so it wasn't. But we were much more likely to just stay with him long-term. Like we've had clients that have stayed with us for, I think my PB is... 10 years now it's better uh, than mine. someone from 2010 but that's like yeah. but he'll have been like one of our first ever clients yeah i think he was and <laughs> and yeah. so the t- 
to, to deliver a, a continuity, long, long-term good relationship and good service and just, just be there with your client much more valuable than trying to well it was i think eric said it when we interviewed him that like the sign of the sign you've done a good job is people who like leave and come back and leave and come back and leave and come back and like that happens constantly for us like we've just had someone come back who was a client like a year and a half ago yeah you know i'm referring to yeah yeah it's like i i think that's when someone pays for a long time leaves for a reason and then at the, at the next available opportunity wants to pay you again. It's a pretty good sign. And I think that's more like if you imagine, imagine you're the customer, right? Like imagine you have a, like a fat loss desire. You're, you've been trying lots of stuff and none of them have worked. And you get on the phone with someone who sells you something for five grand or three grand, right? And probably has to pressure you and coerce you a little bit to do that. And then you do that and you work with them. Like what are the chances of you of you transacting with that person again? Like even if it's a world class service, it's still an online coaching relationship. It's like would I mean would I have paid five grand to work with Eric up front? Like almost certainly no. But <laughs> just you've ended like up paying. Pack. You've ended up paying five grand. Yeah, because of yeah. The, but like the just from a practicality perspective, right? Like I don't know very many people who would even consider that for a second, but I know a lot of people who would who would pay 100 quid a month 200 quid a month the the, the issue i think with this and the, the reason why high ticket sales are, are being used so much in kind of fit fit pro make money online marketing is mm-hmm. that it's very it's very convenient for the person and you know we worked with someone like this and we fully drunk the kool-aid um and he was teaching us some quite suspect methods that now we've dropped and we didn't didn't sit well with us but at the time like we were like, oh my god the numbers that he's claiming like he's got this guy who owns a little crossfit box out in staffordshire to make 10k <laughs> a month and then this guy's made 15k in a month and and actually all that he was recommending was coercing people on a phone call he was bragging actually about making a single mother remortgage her house so that she could sign up for his fitness program and and making a large amount of upfront sales that is then to sell over the next 12, to deliver over the next 12 weeks. So actually it wasn't even 10 K a month. It was 10 K of upfront sales in a month, in a month. Um, So it's just convenient for their numbers and for their marketing, but then you're just leaving this business in a mess once Mm. you've gone. And like in, in real, in the real world, no one refers to that as revenue, right? It's, it's cash that revenue is is associated with six months of delivery or whatever that hasn't but the accountant comes out here well but like but yeah it's like it's it's like when you step out of the fitness industry and look at it from anyone else's perspective and you see that person's claim the first question is like right well if you're making 15 grand a month is that in like monthly recurring revenue like is that in people paying you every month are they expecting to pay you next month and you realize the answer is no and that next month to make 15 grand again, you've got to do all these other, you've got to convince someone else to remortgage the house. Right. And that's, that just then becomes this hamster wheel that you're on. So I think, yeah, I think we, we, we've come at this from a very like round roundabout way. And we like, we tried all that cause it seems really appealing. And then you kind of figure out pretty quickly. Like if I sell something to someone that's a no brainer and affordable and I deliver a brilliant service to them and they stay with me for two years, I make more than that more than that for upfront transaction anyway. And that and in person, referrals. Well, so that's it. Like the, the person who is 
with you for two years is worth way more to the business than the revenue amount. Like the number of people they refer, the testimonials they produce, the support they offer to new people who join your program. Like there's, there's, I think we've always had like the, the, like the old guard of like propane clients have just been with us like in and out since the beginning and just the, the value they create by giving testimonials or whatever. It's worth, worth more than the, than the money they pay in many instances. Yeah, absolutely. Huge I think that's probably, well, huge tangent, but I think that's, that's quite a nice, like complete response to that and probably a good way to, to wrap up this question. Should we address sure. the next few in the next episode? Sure. The next episode that's going to be in a week's time, but maybe might, might just do it now. <laughs> it might just be exactly the same setting. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Speak to you next week. See ya. Want to learn more about the systems we use to run, build, and scale propanefitness.com? Head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build Propane Fitness. We walk through the sales systems, the delivery systems, follow-up, remarketing, how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24-7. We really do cover the full thing, right? And if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us, there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels. The best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.